should have had a card. If you got your bulletin, there should be a card in there. Um, if you didn't get one, don't worry. There's plenty. Um, you can get one after the service. Um, and we're also going to have a, a screenshot of the, of the prayer. So on the front is this uh, symbols. There's a cross and a greater sign and an eye. And uh, I know I was good at math. I know some of you are not. Um, but essentially means that, the, that, that Christ is greater than I am. The cross is greater than myself. Um, and so, but on the back of the card is called the Wesleyan Covenant Prayer. Uh, John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, adapted this prayer from the Puritan tradition, and he expected every Methodist to pray this prayer at the beginning of every year as a way of reaffirming their baptismal covenant, the promises they made when they were baptized. And so while we're still in the middle part of 2018, many of us are transitioning um, from summer to school. We're starting a new school year. And so I thought it'd be a good thing for us to spend some time and to soak in this prayer as we start out this school year. So here's what I want you to do with me right now. I want you to look at the back of this card, and I want you to say this prayer with me. It's going to be on the screen. It's on the screen. You may not be able to see as well on the screen as you can on the card. Are you ready? All right. I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Place me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be put to work for you or set aside for you. Praised for you or criticized for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and fully surrender all things to your glory and your service. And now, wonderful and holy God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant which I may have made on earth, let it also be made in heaven. Amen. Now here's the, here's the premise. Here's the assertion that I want to make. Is that I think if we prayed this prayer every day, and it may be not every day, most days, it would change your life. It would change all of our lives. And they would change, I think, radically. But we're going to take this prayer line by line uh, over the next few weeks. But this morning, I want you to focus on that very first line. I am no longer my own, but yours. I am no longer my own, but yours. For me, this is the heart of the prayer. I'm no longer my own, but yours. I no longer belong to myself, but to you, oh God. I'm no longer my own, but I'm yours, God. If I can pound that message home this morning and over the next few weeks, then I have done my job. But I want to I talk about that line in this prayer this morning in the light of school clothes. Yep, you heard me, school clothes. Now, I'm sure that a lot of students got new clothes for the beginning of school. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. For, for a lot of families, it's tradition 
You know, the start of new school year means, you know, you got you to gotta get new clothes. You got to look good. You got to look good as you enter that new grade and you meet that new teacher and you haven't seen some friends or that girl or that boy over the summer. So you got to look good when you go back to school. Now for others, and this was mostly the case for me, your child suddenly walks into your room and they look like this. <laughs> hey, Mom! Dad! I need some new pants! Oh, they look like this! And I need some new shirts! So it's like, it's not just a, oh, it's a nice thing to do, let me look good, but it's like I have to because there's been a summer growth spurt. So when that happens, new school, school clothes are a must. You can't be going into first, you know, your new class, your new grade, your new teacher, all your friends. You can't be jacked up. You got to be looking nice. So they need new clothes. They've outgrown their old clothes, and they need to put on some new clothes. They've outgrown their old clothes, and they need to put on some new clothes. Guess what? Paul wrote a letter to this group of Colossians. It says that as Christians, we all must put on new clothes. Listen to what Paul writes. He says, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger and rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, uh, Slythian, uh, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all of these virtues, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. Paul says we got to take off our old clothes. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language, and lies. I'm going to sum up all these. Selfishness. Selfishness. Take off selfishness. When you boil it all these down, it comes down to selfishness. We've got to take the old clothes of selfishness and stop making everything about ourselves. We have to stop seeking attention for ourselves and seeking our own desires. Instead, we've got to put on new clothes. We have to put on the new self. We have to put on Christ. We have to put on 
compassion and kindness, humility and gentleness, patience, forgiveness, and above all else, love. I am no longer my own. I am no longer my own, but yours. When I was growing up and I was in elementary school, middle school, high school, my mom would always take me to go clothes shopping for the beginning of school year. I don't know about you, but I hated going shopping with my mom. I loved getting new clothes, but I hated going clothes shopping with my mama. Am I, anybody with me? I mean, like, is that the only? Okay, thank you. All right. I mean, talk about embarrassing. Come out here. Let me see what you got on. Let me see what it looks like. <sighs> now, listen, we always went to goodies. That was our thing. We always went to goodies. Because here's the thing. Goodies had a really good selection of husky clothes. <laughs> Husky clothes. I don't think they have husky clothing anymore, do they? I don't think they do. Um, and before any of you students out there think I'm talking about a name brand, I'm not talking about a name brand. It was a nice way of saying pleasantly plump, which was a nice way of saying you're fat, you're big, you're large. Now they have big and tall. So, you know, you can be honest. Goodies always had uh, decent clothes for decent prices. I don't know if that's the case anymore. I don't know. I don't shop too, too often for clothes, but my mom didn't pay a fortune for new clothes. They're just new clothes because I, I needed them. Either my legs were stretching or my waist was stretching or they both were stretching. Just needed new clothes. But I remember I had a friend of mine, he was uh, a good friend of mine, he was my next door neighbor of mine in, in, in elementary school, middle school, and we're in the same grade and everything. And I remember for Christmas and birthdays, he always got the latest video game system. Or he always got the latest game for his latest video game system. I was always jealous. Years later, I got a call from him. I'm in the ministry. We haven't spoken in a long time. He, he lives in Atlanta now, was living in Atlanta then. He, he got engaged to get married. And he called me, and he wanted me to marry him. And so um, I talked, to, you know, I hadn't talked to him in years, but I was honored. And so um, I agreed to marry them. Kristen and I went up to Atlanta for the weekend. And, and during the course of the rehearsal, the rehearsal dinner, the wedding, and so forth, we're talking, you know, we're reminiscing and, and all this such. And while we're doing that, he proceeds to say offhand that he was jealous of me. He was jealous because I always got new clothes. Whether it's for school or Christmas, I always knew, got, got new clothes. I'm like, oh, you know, I went up Christmas presents and I got new clothes. Yay, that's what you want for Christmas. I mean, it's what you need, but it's not what you want, right? And of course, I was telling him that I was jealous about all his stuff that he got. Two things I want you to hear from that. First is this. We've got to stop worrying about our image and start worrying about God's image. Stop worrying about our image and start worrying about God's image. You see, my friend thought I was cool because I had new clothes. I thought he was cool because he had new electronic stuff. We both had nice things, we both had new things, and we both thought the other was better off. 
And if you think we don't do the same thing as adults, think again. I guarantee you we're looking at what each other drives. We're looking at e what each other wears. We look at who's playing what sport. We try to present ourselves in the most favorable light, whether it's how we dress or, uh, you know, uh, the makeup we wear or the, how we do our hair. Uh, There's a lot on, on ladies, I'm sorry, but how we, you know, how, how we um, talk, how we walk, what pictures we choose to post on Instagram and Facebook and so forth. We're always concerned with the image that we portray to those around us. The only image that we should be concerned about is the image that we are created in, God's image. Paul writes in our, in our passage, verse 10, he says, Put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. We were all created in the image of God. And that image, you know what that image looks like? It looks like compassion. It looks like kindness. It looks like humility and gentleness and patience and forgiveness. And above all, it looks like love. The problem is that when sin entered the world, that image got distorted. It got messed up. And that's where God sent Jesus. Jesus came to rescue us and to restore us to the image that God created us through him. And it's only in and through Jesus that we can take off the old self, the old clothes, and put on the new self and the new clothes. Without Jesus, it is impossible. But with Jesus, it's possible. All things are possible. And that leads me to my second point about my friend and I. I want others to want our new clothes. I want others to want our new clothes. Just like my friend was jealous of my new school clothes, I want those around us to want our new clothes. Not Husky or, or Nike or whatever, but our new clothes that come from Christ and in Christ. I want other people, especially those who don't need, know Jesus, to have, those that don't have a relationship with Jesus, to see our new clothes not from goodies, but from Jesus. And say, I, I, want, I, want what they, I want what they're wearing. I want to put on what they have put on. I want us to be so full of compassion for each other that other people want to know why we are so compassionate. I want us to be kind, so kind to each other that uh, our, our family members look at us and say, why? Are you so kind to everybody? I want to be so patient with life and other people that our coworkers and our, our, our neighbors say, why are you so patient with life and other people? I want us to be known as forgiving people so that those in our community want to know why we're so forgiving. And I want to be known for our love so much that others want to find out how we are able to love so unconditionally. But here's the thing. In order for people to want our new clothes, we've got to first put them on. In order for people 
to want our new clothes, we've got to first put them on. We've got to take off the old clothes of selfishness, the old clothes that are concerned with only our image, and we've got to put on the new self, to put on Christ, put on the image that God created us with. People cannot want something from us that we do not have already. You hear me? People can't want something from us that we do not have already. So listen, if you've been putting on a show, if you've been playing a game with God, if you've been playing a game with the church, and you're still living in your old clothes of selfishness, I invite you to put on some new clothes. Put on some new clothes. Put on Christ. And whether it's today, or whether it's tomorrow, or whether it's in the next few weeks, let God restore his image in you. Put on Christ. Invite Christ into your life. This is how the Message Bible puts the last few verses of our passage from Colossians. Chosen by God for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Compassion, kindness, humility, quiet strength, discipline. Be even-tempered, content with second place, quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. And regardless of what else you put on, wear love. It's your basic, all-purpose garment. Never be without it. As we go back to school over the next few weeks, both at school and here at church, because what we're doing is we're going back to school. We're going back to the basics. I'm no longer my own, but yours. As we do that, here's your homework. <laughs> you got homework? Your preacher's giving you homework. I know we all love homework. But I promise you, this homework will change your life. Change your life. The first thing is, I want you to learn the Wesleyan Covenant prayer. We're going, we're going to be, we're going, you're going to be hearing it five weeks, or five weeks. And you, you got a card? Learn it. Memorize it. Take your card. Put it somewhere you see every day. It will change your life. And the second thing is, I want you to start with the first line. I'm no longer my own, but yours. Just think, I mean, just think if you woke up every day, and that was the only prayer you said all day. I'm no longer my own, but yours. How would it change your day? How would it change your week? How would that change your life? Let us pray. I'm no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Place me with whom you will. Put us to doing. Put us to suffering. Let us be put to work for you or set aside for you. Praised for you or criticized for you. 
Let us be full or let us be empty. Let us have all things or let us have nothing. We freely and fully surrender all things to your glory and service. And now, wonderful and holy God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant which we have made on earth, let it also be made in heaven. Amen.